Oh shit. Here we go again. And we are back again (laughs) after some technical difficulties right there to start. But we are back on the road to glory. I'm your host, Sean, here joined by Steph. Another week behind us. Uh, Week six, another jam-packed week of college football. Good week with some upsets, some good games, some blowouts, a little bit of everything. Um, And we're here to recap it all, react to it, break it down, and just talk about pretty much all the major storylines that uh, we found interesting over this past week. Uh, but Steph, how you doing, brother? Uh, your Cowboys got cooked last night, even though you're not claiming them right now. But uh, outside, <laughs> of <that. laughs> outside of that, Oregon had a bye week. So you were chilling, right? Yeah, it was a stress-free week of football. So I was able to just watch a bunch of games and not really care about who won and who lost. So it was it was nice. Yeah, those are always fun um, weekends. Um, I think Florida has a, a bye week, the weekend of my birthday, so that's going to be dope. I'll be able to just enjoy my birthday stress-free without worrying if they're going to win or lose and just Thanks. Uh, watch all the games and stuff. But, yeah, man, um, get into it. We got a bunch of games to get into here. Um, before we do get into that, uh do you have anything you want to bring up? I know uh, Oregon has recently got a crystal ball for a pretty big time commit or prospect. I should say he's not a commit yet. He's a former commit uh, of Arizona. Uh, we can talk about that later. We can talk about it now, but I know that was oh, we get to it later, news. man. Okay. Before we get into this, I got to talk about the clown of the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, clown yeah. of the week. You probably know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Listen, man, I think I do. Mario Crystal Ball is an idiot. Listen, uh, this might be the dumbest coaching blunder I've ever seen in my entire life. If you don't know what happened, here's what happened. Miami is about to win the game against Georgia Tech. They're up. All they have to do is kneel it out. There's about a minute left or minute 30. All you have to do was take three knees and punt the ball away. They wouldn't have had any time to do anything. They might have been able to just kneel it out and make the clock hit zero without even giving Georgia Tech the ball. But, no, that's not what Miami does. They run a play, and guess what? The running back fumbles – and with 26 and Georgia Tech recovers with 26 seconds left on the clock and guess what happens they throw a bomb somehow a wide receiver gets past all the defensive backs catches the ball and scores a touchdown Georgia Tech wins the game and honestly this might be clown of the week or clown of the month because I can't see anybody else's clownery surpassing this. And here's why. 
Mario Cristobal did the exact same thing <laughs> five years ago when he was coaching my Ducks. And it ruined our season in 2018. I thought we were going to the playoffs. I didn't think we would go to national championship or anything like that. But I felt like, okay, we had a pretty good team. It was the third year of Justin Herbert starter. We have all these guys. We're ready to go. We're beating Stanford. The exact same situation. Exact same situation. Like, down to the last letter. It's crazy how... You have a blunder like that, and you do it twice. 2018, all we have to do is kneel it out. There's a man left in the game. We got the ball. You take a knee, the game is over. No, we run a play. <laughs> Our running back fumbles. Stanford gets the ball, ties it up, and, and they win in overtime. Is there something wrong with this guy's brain or something? Seriously. I mean... Uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what are we doing? I, you know, and this was this was so crazy because I thought Miami had won the game. I, I I thought it was over. I went and go got and went to go get food. I'm driving to the spot. Next thing you know, I get there. I'm checking my phone. People are texting me. Twitter's going crazy. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I look at the score and I'm like, oh my goodness, Miami lost that game. How did they lose the game? And Twitter was going crazy that night, man. I just yeah, I don't understand. Day. Big three Twitter had so, a field day with that one. Yeah, what did you think about this? Because to me, this is this is clown of the month. I can't see another another at least in terms of what goes on on the field. I can't see another incident surpassing this for the rest of the season. Right. So uh, I'm not a big one, obviously, for overreactions, but like. <laughs> If they had fired him that night, <laughs> I wouldn't have been shocked, right? Like, <laughs> like that is something where you might just have to fire his ass. Like, ah, you're out of here. Like, I'm, they like, would have to do him like Lane Kiffin. Don't even get on the team bus. <laughs> yeah, like I, I get it. Like, I'm I should I shouldn't say I'm glad they didn't fire him, but like, they, there's no need to fire him. But like you alluded to, man, this is this is nothing new with Mario Cristobal. I mean. Yep. If, if you've been following college football for a while now, if you if you follow Oregon, this is a, a lot of Miami fans were warned about this. Yeah, he's a great recruiter, sure. Um, but he's outside the, he's of probably that, the worst in game manager. Yeah, he's a horrible game manager when it comes to developing. He, he's not a bad developer. I'll give him credit there. I know Oregon has a lot of uh, offensive line draft picks. They had Justin Herbert in the league. Um, they got the D-back, Javon Holland in the league. A few D-backs in the league right now playing that yep. played under Cristobal. So he's not a bad developer at all either. But, yeah, when it comes to to the managing games, to actually winning the football game, um, he is as inconsistent and as rocky as it gets. I mean, there's there's times where he'll pull out the big win and, and he'll have that Miami team looking as good as they've looked this year. But um, you have times like this as well, and it's just – I'm not – I'm shocked, obviously, because that's just like a – it's a shocking, like, way that the game could end. But it's not all surprising knowing that it is the Miami Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal. That's just the perfect, perfect way for their yeah, this season might ruin to – season. Yeah, to derail a I little mean, bit. I mean, this is a this is a conference loss. Yeah, it, it I, is. You know, I thought Miami had a pretty good chance to go to the ACC championship, but 
with the way you see these other teams are looking. You got Louisville, you got Duke, you got North Carolina, Florida State. I mean, these other teams are, aren't going to lose a dumb game like this. So, yeah, I don't know, man. And and honestly, this is just the reality of having Mario Cristobal as a coach. A lot of Oregon fans tried to tell Miami fans before almost two years ago at this point, because not this past offseason, but the other, the previous offseason before his first year. And we tried to tell him, like, look, man, he's going to get better players. He's going to upgrade the roster, and you're going to win more games, but you're going to have that one just stupid loss against a team you shouldn't. Yeah. And it's coming true. And, and, and there's, because there's no reason why this team should have lost against Georgia Tech. Um, honestly, they shouldn't have even been that close with them. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke threw three interceptions. I mean, it was just kind of an ugly game, but they they were they what well, they should have won just because they were a better team. Yeah, I mean, they had the game won pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they outgained yeah. Georgia Tech in pretty much every stat category. But the game was over. But, they had to take a knee. Exactly, but but since they couldn't really put them away, the score was still close enough for if for something like this to happen and, and cause them to lose. So uh-huh. again, this is just going to happen. Um, you know, this is this is the type of stuff that takes you from being a playoff team to a team that's just, yeah, a good team. Maybe you make a New Year's Six Bowl, but but you feel a little bit disappointed at the end of the year but because, man, this is just stuff that can't happen. Um, You know, so, yeah, Mario Cristobal is definitely clown of the week at least. I mean, he's clown until further notice, man. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anybody's going to top this, man, at least for on-the-field actions. I mean, unless we have another – I'm sorry to bring this up, but unless we have another Marco Wilson incident, you know, like that's right, the only right. thing I can see. But even that, I don't know, man, because you're talking about a, a college age player versus a 50 year old man. So I think even, I think this passes that. And especially because he did it twice. I think Marco Wilson is smart enough to not do it again. So, you know, this is this is something that that is definitely going to be up there with with the Mount Rushmore of clowns for this football season. So. That's pretty much all I got to say about that. I I, I want to st- stick a little bit with Miami for a second because um, that loss pretty much they had this, dropped them out of the top four in the ACC. There's four teams. Oh, it might have ruined their season. I, it, that's what I was going to mention. It didn't actually. So there's four teams that are still undefeated in the ACC, Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina, and Duke. Um Next week, they go on the road to North Carolina. They go on the road to Florida State, and then they host Louisville later on in the year as well. Um, so they play three out of those four teams, and those teams also have to play each other. I know Florida State plays Duke. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know the rest of Louisville's schedule. but Louisville, they have the week schedule. So Louisville okay. plays Duke, but they don't play Florida State, but they do play Miami. Miami. Yeah, they so, also play but here's the thing: the, the year as well. Do you trust Miami to beat North Carolina, Louisville, and road. Florida State? I, I don't, but I'm saying if they do win out, they still technically control their own destiny, and they will. Oh, be. absolutely. But so here's the thing: it's not over. But but if they I win this them. game, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't. But that's why I'm saying you need to win the games you should win should because win. Agreed. I don't trust this team to beat all those good teams. I don't either. I mean, we just this could be a wake up Louisville. call. Though sometimes teams bounce back off of losses. Maybe right? teams are kind of more I mean, dangerous coming off of a loss. So North Carolina's playing but, good but ball. But here's the though. thing: I don't want to 
predict North Carolina well, now. Well, but... and this is the thing too. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the preview next week. I won't yeah. be. I mean, yeah, like I won't be surprised if Miami beats North Carolina because this is just the type of uh, stuff Crystal Ball does. Like, like we saw yeah, right. the same thing at, at Oregon where we beat Ohio State and then lost to Stanford the next week. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Stanford. Stanford was one of the worst Power Five teams, and and they beat us and lost the rest of their games. Like like they beat us in the two cupcakes they played. It was it was just ridiculous. So, you know, this is just the type of stuff you're gonna have to deal with with Crystal Ball as your coach, man. Like like, and Miami probably is gonna go out and beat North Carolina. They might even win out. Like, it won't surprise Baby. me. I, like, I mean, I they're like probably not beating Florida State, but. I mean, it, I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if this team goes out and beats North Carolina. That's all I'm saying. Um, just because this is just this is just what you get with Crystal Ball. I mean, he'll pull one out against a good team, but he'll have that blunder, like I said. So, I mean, yeah, they do they do technically control their own destiny, but they would be yeah. in much better shape with going into this gauntlet at the end of the year, be, right. um, undefeated. Right. You know, especially with the way some of these other teams are playing, man. I mean, look, I, I we'll get into Louisville a little later, but you Whoop. know, I picked Notre, I picked Notre Dame, and Louisville smacked them. So, yeah. you know, look, this is this ain't no easy conference, man. You got to win these games. So, yeah. come on, man. Look, and and you know what's the other sad part? They the stadium wasn't even filled, man. It was. It looked. It looked terrible out there. Where's the Miami fans at? What are y'all doing? Y'all don't want to see y'all Miami team fans? play? The Where they fans? at? They don't it's ex- so loud on Twitter. Yeah, so it's a loud minority, bro. It's, Miami's yeah. a city, bro. The state belongs I mean, to look, the flagship. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. After the game, when they lost, there was a bunch of Miami Twitter spaces going on with the fans <laughs> having a meltdown. There was even one that had 1,200 people in it. And they was letting people just kind of complain up there. It was it was ridiculous, but I'm I'm just I'm just wondering where were these people at during the game? Y'all wasn't at the game. Y'all don't y'all don't even go see y'all team play. I've been in the stadium more times the last few years than Miami fans. What's going on with these people, man? You know, like like why why is it every time I watch this game, this team play on TV, and there's nobody in the crowd? You could they just need you their could own stadium, bro. They can't get any any students because the campus because the stadium's forty five minutes away from even the, the campus, students, bro. The student section is a small percentage of the stadium. You should at least have the whole bottom section filled. They don't even have right. that filled. Yeah, it's shitty, bro. Let alone shitty, the upper shitty deck. football, shitty stadium. Yeah, they just a terrible nice fan stadium. base. Very nice. Stadium. Nah, it's a not, great. It's a great stadium. I've been there multiple them. times. Yeah, it's but, not for them. But you know, y'all fan base is weak, bro. Y'all for fan sure. base is weak. I mean, there's other they had fan a lot of bases there too, man. That was a big recruiting. Yeah, weekend I know, that. big recruit weekend, and that's the other thing too. How do you look at this and say I'm going to go play for this team? You know, they got a, a commit earlier today, Nikar. Uh, he's pretty good too. I don't know if you like, saw look, that. Look, like I'm wondering if these people watch football. Like, do these do these recruits watch football? Like, bro, Crystal Ball has these crazy blunders every year. Like, you're not going to win your conference. You're not going to go to a natty. I don't understand what what these people are looking at. So, I mean, I, mean, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. I think you're right to some extent, but I think it's a little bit deeper than that. But, but you're right. They, I mean, I get I, it, but at the yeah. same time, I don't. Like, I'm here to win. I'm not here to be like <laughs> right. playing around with Georgia that's why Tech. A man. lot of people go to Alabama and Georgia because exactly, I would be one of them. I'd be at Georgia. 
Just saying. Look, I'm just saying. I get you. I got you. You know, you know, you go especially if you play defense. You know, you go there. You're gonna be one of the top people drafting, and you're gonna win. And you learn it from the best. Right. Me, so, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a play for for home. If I'm a five star, I'd play for Rutgers. Yeah, you out your damn mind. Yeah. Well, you you probably suck, but I'm getting drafted. I'm going to a league. Meet I mean, here's the thing. Regardless. If I if I if I play defense, I might play for Rutgers. But right, right, if I right. play wide receiver or you know anything on offense like that, quarterback, no. You got your damn mind. If I'm program, if I'm program changing, if I'm that good, yeah, I'm going. I don't care. If nah, I'm, if I'm you, average, if I need to be developed, nah. Because here's right. the thing, I, you, I think, got you. you think you program changing until until Greg Ciano got you running <laughs> that that 2002 <laughs> offense and you and you in nah, and you nah. in single back formations where you need to be running that running that spread and doing RPOs. And he got you running, Yo, running chill, single back chill, like his man no four. I'm just saying that's what you're gonna look like. You'd be better chill, off going to man, going to chill, like Western chill. Kentucky or something Hell, where they yeah, where they yeah, gonna, yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, where you're gonna throw for a bunch of yards and you're gonna get drafted where you play quarterback <laughs> for Rutgers. Ain't nobody drafting you from Rutgers. Just saying. <laughs> oh man, uh if I'm generational, that's not true, man. I'm taking Rutgers to the natty, It bro. is, bro. I don't care, but we've, we've seen Rutgers at the we've seen Rutgers peak, man. I know what we can do, man. Yeah, no, and the offense was was behind a running back when it was at that time yeah, when yeah, it was yeah, when you were able to let's get out of let's get out of La La Land, man. Let's get out of fairy tale land. Yeah, you need to get out of fairy tale land. I'm living in reality. I play wide receiver. I'm right at Ohio State. You know why? Because they got good wide receivers and they all get drafted. Uh, look, man, just saying. I'm going to the league regardless, man. They, they'll find they'll find talent, man. The NFL finds talent. Yeah, they um, find talent, but I'm just saying. You gotta do what's best. Don't don't go to Florida, wide receivers, because you see what that's they cap. doing right now. That's cap. Definitely come to Florida. You see what we doing right you now. You see what they doing see, right now. Got, our quarterback has is number two in the nation at completion percentage. All right. Yeah, he only has eight per, eight completions per game. That's cap. That's no. He's number <laughs> two in the country right now in completion percentage. That's, I'm you not better saying off that's, going in. <laughs> You better Graham. off being at Alabama right now. I mean, I respect Graham Mertz. Like he's not a bad quarterback. I'm just saying, y'all offense isn't exactly offense played all right. Wide receiver, week. it's not exactly you know for the wide receivers. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Trevor Etienne is getting his. That's you know he's a he's a he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. I mean, I guess I guess what was the game of the week? Red River. Yeah, Red River. Um, real quick, Friday. Um, Kansas State and Oklahoma State played. Um, and Oklahoma State actually beat Kansas State. Uh, Oklahoma State has done like a three uh, 180. They, yeah, they I don't know like... what's going on with that team because they look horrible and yeah. now they're actually beating teams. But I also think Kansas State is a little worse than people might have thought. So, so yeah, um, I think uh, Kansas State's defense, they just let up big play after big play. They did, just, they did hold Oklahoma State to like – one, two, three, four, five field goals. Um, but Kansas State's offense just didn't help the defense. Like they would, they would finally get that stop and, and hold them to a field goal. And then Will Howard just had like three or four turnovers. Yeah. Kansas State should have ran the ball more. They, they didn't run the ball enough, in my opinion. Their defense didn't I play bad either. I think they got down early, and that's they why did. they couldn't. They, yeah. Yeah. They were down early. You're right. So, but, um, it was a good game. I, I don't. It was just impressive. That Oklahoma State has showed a little bit of life because, like you said, I thought they were dead in the water, but uh, no, they got some life over there in Stillwater for sure. So mm-hmm. shout out to them. Shout out to Gundy. He looked like he's trying to save his job and not. Because there was a the point where he was looking like, "Hey, right, is 
Is he out of there? But not quite yet. No, no. he was never good. Even if they they had a bad season, he yeah, was you're never right. going to be fired. He's like he's synonymous with that program pretty much. Um. All right, but yeah, let's get into the Red River rivalry. Like I you mean, said, game every, of the week. Go ahead. Go every ahead. Big Twelve team is like six and six, besides Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> I feel like they all could beat each other. It's just a weird conference. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. Texas and Oklahoma, man. Game of the week. It was wild. Yeah, it really was. Um, we were. I was proven way wrong. I was way off in Oklahoma. You thought it would be closer. Uh, you still? Yeah, I told you. I told you yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma wins. Yeah, I yeah, picked yeah. Texas, but yeah. I said, "Look, don't sleep on Oklahoma, man." Yeah, I was way off with this. I mean, Oklahoma. I I, I want to say this: Texas didn't do itself any favors, and Oklahoma took full advantage of pretty much everything that yeah. Texas gave them. Now, I do not want to take away anything from Oklahoma because, like I said, I think they proved me one hundred percent wrong. I thought they dominated. On the offensive line, they ran the ball super well. Texas defense is a major red flag after this game for me. And Texas, and, and I mean, and um, Oklahoma's defense actually looks pretty decent for the most part. Yo, so, Oklahoma's defense was the one yeah. that like really won in the game, definitely. Especially, especially D line and game I mean, pressure and stuff Gabriel. like that. He didn't lose the game. No, nah, he played well. He played ran the well. ball well too. Yeah, but yeah, I, I. I still think Texas is a very good team. I don't think they're bad, but I think I kind of um, – I don't know. I know Alabama's a good team, so that win over Alabama holds weight to me in my mind. Um, oh, it does Texas, as well. Yeah, in Texas this season, right? But I feel like their offense, Bama's offense, is pretty weak. So I thought maybe Texas's defense was a little bit overrated by myself and maybe other people. And it was kind of exposed a little bit by Oklahoma. And not, not that Oklahoma was so much better, but Oklahoma's defense was just a little bit more fundamentally uh, ready on Saturday, it felt like. I mean, it was an exciting game. It was a wild. I mean, the way it started, bro, like. I mean, when it yeah, was, there was what? Yeah. Like a bunch of turnovers. A bunch block of turnovers. Block, yeah, for a touch, like, stopped on fourth and goal, I think, one time. Yeah, um, it was crazy. But yeah, Quinn Ewers, I. I I feel like he wasn't horrible, but he just turned the ball over too many times, and he just really hurt his mm-hmm. team. And, and you can't do that, man. I mean, I I think this I mean, kid the is one definitely, interception was off a deflection, so yeah, it was it definitely not his fault. Yeah, that first one was, was pretty ugly. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of like a punt though. Even then, like he he threw it pretty deep, and it was picked off. And like, was the return good? I don't remember. I feel like it might have been a good return actually. So maybe they still started a good field position. Oklahoma did, but. Yeah, um, I still think this kid's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but definitely a tough yeah. a tough day for him. Um, I know he'll definitely be uh, circling that rematch if they both can uh, maintain this form, oh, like man. you said. I, I don't hope think... they rematch in the Big 12 title game because yeah. that's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, we've looked through their schedules a few times. Let me pull up um, – let me pull up um, Texas schedule real quick. They're at Houston next week. Uh, then they're at home versus BYU and Kansas State. They're on the road to TCU. They're at Iowa State. And then they end the season at home versus Tech. So obviously a few teams in there that are decent and, and, and good teams like you mentioned. But, yeah, no no true threats there for me in my opinion as long as Texas defense can wrap up and tackle. I think that was the biggest issue, right? I don't think Texas defense scheme-wise – 
Like they were in the right spots. I don't think their pass rush was good. I think they could definitely improve that. Mm-hmm. Um, but their DBs, their linebackers, I felt like they were there. It was just broken tackle after broken tackle, missed tackles, lack of effort. Um, I know that sounds kind of cliche to say, but in college football, that's kind of, you know, what it is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of broken tackles. <laughs> I got the highlights playing on my <laughs> phone right now, and yeah. I just saw a run where a guy broke four tackles. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it was yeah it was definitely look, a lot of broken tackles. Oklahoma they get UCF, then they go at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, uh, versus West Virginia, at BYU, versus TCU at home. So at that at Kansas game on the road at Kansas on the road, um, at Kansas that could get a little bit scary for those boys in a couple of weeks. But I do still favor them pretty heavily in that game. I'm not really worried about Kansas. Yeah, Oklahoma State. We we're talking. There's a little bit of life there, so maybe that could get weird. Uh, yeah, that might be a trap game. Yeah, that could. That, that I might think that, be the ultimate trap game. BYU as well. I think on the road at BYU, second to last game of the year. I think that could be a weird one for them as well. Those are definitely two trap games. I'm well, certainly. Yeah, BYU is probably the most hostile environment. Honestly, Oklahoma yeah. State too. Like those yeah, are Oklahoma at least hostile environments, but. I think BYU is is actually a team that can sneak up on you if if, yeah. if you're not. So ready. I think Oklahoma so, might have a little bit of a tougher path to kind of make it there, but they're still undefeated, so they can kind of afford to drop one technically mm-hmm. um, in most scenarios. But um, all in all, that man, that game delivered, bro. Um, I can't lie. Um, I bet Texas, so yeah. it broke my heart. Oh but, man, yeah. See. But I, but I bet Maryland, I bet Maryland, Ohio State to go over, and I had already missed that by two points, so it didn't matter what the result was in that Texas or Oklahoma game, anyways. But um, let's talk a little bit about that Maryland Ohio State game because well, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a question. What if Oklahoma goes undefeated, right, and loses the Big Twelve title game? Do both teams deserve to be in the playoffs? Against Texas, of course. Like if Texas wins out, Oklahoma wins out, they meet in the Big 12 title game for a rematch, and Texas beats Oklahoma. Do both teams deserve to be in the playoffs? So the I'm, not, way, I'm not asking you if they will be in there. I'm asking yeah. you, do they deserve to be in the playoffs? Yeah. So the way it's looking, no. The Big 12, I think, is very competitive and very open. I think it's like a deep conference, and there's a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. But – there's also kind of a lot of mid, <laughs> right? So well, I mean, everybody else is kind of mid outside look at, of Texas and Oklahoma. But look at Oklahoma's I mean, wins so far: Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and Iowa State. There's not a single really respectable yeah. win. They got Texas. Yeah. And their only other big win will be at Kansas, and that's if Kansas can continue to win win games and stay ranked. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, if if there's like a one-loss ACC champion or Big Ten champion, of course, those would get in a win over them. Right. I agree. So, I think Oklahoma kind of just has to win out, Uh, in my opinion. I think Texas, obviously, has that big win over Bama, and that win is starting to look better and better as Bama continues to win. They also already beat Kansas, and – if they'll have spun the block in Oklahoma and be the Big 12 champion, yeah, I think Texas will get in and Oklahoma won't. Um, I, I don't even think Oklahoma really deserves it either. Like, they got the nice win over Texas. 
but like I said, I, I so don't you're think saying Texas... they got to they got to just go undefeated, thirteen and zero to get in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Although I agree with you, I will I admit I was wrong about them. They are a much better team. Yo, look, than I man. They were. The fans were them. like turning on Venables and stuff after one year. I'm like, listen, guys, he's gonna be fine, man. Yeah, that defense he's, is ready to play. Yeah, he's gonna get that defense right. You gotta at least get him, let him get some guys in there. Um, I, like I'm just wondering, like, do people know how any of this works? Um, all of Oklahoma's players left after Lincoln Riley left, and their defense wasn't really good to begin with. So you lose the good players on that terrible defense, and you expect this team to be good the next year? Like, no. So give it time, and this is a completely different team. They're actually they actually can play complimentary football. They're solid on both sides of the ball. And and I told you, don't be surprised if they beat Texas. Every because here's the thing, and I was I'm I'm still high on Texas, but everybody's kind of acting like oh Texas should just run through this conference. But we all know that's not how it works, especially when it comes to Texas. Yeah, they could lose another game or maybe exactly. We've been we've been saying it. The whole time, like, look, Texas is this team that should have a great season, but we all know that if Texas is still Texas, they good, they're gonna drop one, and yeah, it happened I, here against a good Oklahoma team. I, I I will say I have not ever once said Texas is back. I actually made it clear that Texas is not in fact back. They are good this year, but they are not back. Well, yeah, you're uh, not back, especially you lose to your rival. Yeah, a lot of people after they beat Bama. Oh, no, Texas is back. No, Texas is not back. We've seen this before. We've seen Texas (laughs) have the big win. Texas is good. Texas for sure. Especially early season win. Yeah. Especially early season. I mean, that's where the whole meme started. They won. They beat a non-conference opponent. (laughs) In Notre Dame, it was week one or week two. They said, the guy said, Texas is back. And both teams ended up going four and eight. So, yeah, you thought they was good because they beat Notre Dame. But Notre Dame sucked that year. So, you can't right, you can't right, just right. say a team is going to be good based off one or two games. So, yeah, you said you wanted to talk about Maryland, Ohio State. Yeah, man, um, I'm not really confident in Ohio State. Just being honest. Yeah, I know a lot of people after that Notre Dame win. Although we we admitted it here that that probably is the best win of the year. Although at that Notre time, Dame, at that at the time, yeah, with Notre Dame losing again, it's we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit, but. Um, yeah, Ohio State, outside of that game, they have started slow in a lot of these games, man. Western Kentucky game, they started slow. Um, even the game before that, I forget who it was. Uh, they had a little bit of a slow start. Um, and it, it almost bit them in the ass this game. I think Maryland kind of panicked a little bit when they realized they might have had a chance to win the game, and they turned the ball over a few times, and Ohio State took that opportunity and never looked back. Um, but the first half kind of, we, we talked about it. We were like, well, we don't think this could happen, but if Maryland's able to kind of run the ball a little bit, you know, we might be able to have a game and it is, they were able to run the ball a little bit in the first half. And that was able to let baby Tua uh, give him some more time to throw the ball around. And they had an early lead, but, uh, yeah, Ohio state, they were just too good. They kind of just took over Kyle McCord. Well, he didn't turn the ball I mean, over either. They have Marvin Harrison Jr. and that's kind of what their offense is becoming. Yeah. 
It catches 163 yards, a touchdown. When he gets tough, throw it to Marvin Harrison Jr. So I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like outside of him, I mean, we know Mika Buka is a good player, but I don't know, man. I'm I think not Ohio really confident defense in this is team. good enough, in my opinion. I think it, I think it's playoff good, playoff caliber that good enough where they can, with the the best offenses in the country this year, Ohio State seems. I think as, so as well, but. I just I'm not really confident that this team beats Michigan. Yeah, I'm not. I think that's Michigan a, can bully the them again. Defense. I mean, we've we we thought last year that the Ohio, the Ohio State defense was going to improve. It was kind of shaky, and then Michigan tore them apart. So mm-hmm. it's looking improved this year finally. But you're right. I mean, that is going to be the true test on if this defense truly is playoff caliber. Um, if it is as good as it seems to be. Um, because yeah, I don't I don't really trust the offense too much to put up a lot of points in big games against teams with better defenses. Um, shout out to Maryland though. I do think Maryland showed that they are a, a for real team. Uh, let's look at the rest of their schedule. Um, they get Illinois at home next week. Uh, they're on the road to Northwestern. Then they play at home versus Penn State. That could be a scary game for Penn State. We talked about it a few times. Penn State maybe. Yeah, fake a team that wears fake chains and watches. So then they're at Nebraska at home versus Michigan, and then they're at Rutgers. So I guess their two biggest games, Penn State and Michigan, two top ten teams. They get both at home this year. So um, I think they'll beat Penn State, but Michigan, I'm not so sure. Man, too good. Yeah, Michigan's too good. Maybe. I mean, Michigan. Michigan hasn't really shown signs of of being in dog fights with these weak teams. So right. that's what that's what gives me confidence. They kind of are just cruising. Like yeah, they they might not be putting up 50 burgers every game, but they they're not really showing any danger of losing or anything like that. They're playing well every week. So I don't know, man. Like this Ohio State team without a super dynamic quarterback, it makes me nervous. Like if I'm if I'm an Ohio State fan, I don't know. I'm really not confident that this team goes out and beat, beats Michigan. Yeah, I, I could agree with that take for now. Um, we'll see how it plays out down the road. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Florida State. They rolled Virginia Tech 39-17, so there's no way I'm watching a single snap of Virginia Tech football. No, yeah, I've seen the Trey Benson ran for 200 yards on 11 carries. That's insane. Yeah, um, he's Florida a beast. State. Florida State was kind of struggling to run the ball earlier on this year, so I know they had a bye week last week. It seems like they were able to get that right, um, but it's Virginia Tech, like you said, uh, they're trash. So um, that brings me to the. A little bit of Pac-12 after dark action, man. Uh, this is a game that I actually did not watch live, but I, I went back and I watched the extended cut of the highlights. It was like 25 minutes long, uh, condensed version of the game, just because it was wild. I looked at the store like, what happened? But USC survives. They escape against Arizona, 43-41. to 41. Um Wow, I, I'm I'm sure your ass was tuned in, praying. Um, so talk to me a little bit about this game because it, it it looks like 
Arizona led in all the statistical ca- categories this game. Um, but they still wound up losing. Maybe, I, I mean, Caleb Williams just seemed like he was a difference maker. Like as long as oh, they exactly. Got- I mean, if if USC has an average quarterback, they're probably a seven and five team. Seriously. And what did I tell you last week about Arizona's quarterback? Five I said, touchdowns, the backup yards. quarterback. I said the backup quarterback <laughs> is probably better than Jaden Delora. You did say that. You did say that. And he was dealing. He played he was pretty fine, well. Bro. I mean, the guy looks like he's five foot eight. <laughs> he's short as hell. But man, look, he he was playing well, man. USC's defense is so bad. I just I don't get it. If there's a team I'm really not confident about, it's USC. I don't know how this team is going to beat anybody. I don't know how they're going to beat Utah without Cam Rising because Utah got that good defense. Look, that's the ultimate matchup would be USC versus Iowa because it's just all offense versus all defense and then the terrible defense versus the terrible offense. But guess what? We do have our own Iowa in the Pac-12. And they're called Utah because they don't have Cam Rising right now. So I don't know when they play if Cam Rising will be back by then because they haven't really shown any sign of playing them. But man, I don't know. This team might lose to Oregon and Washington. Yeah, maybe you're right. Or uh, USC's defense is not good enough to dominate. Um, their offense—they're terrible. Did, the offense did the, the defense no favors earlier on in the game. Though the defense wasn't playing horrible to start, but the offense was just—I mean—they fumbles, bad snaps, yep. Caleb Williams yep. interception. Like, yep, they weren't like so. If USC started scoring points out the gate, I think the defense kind of maybe would have settled in. I mean, they only gave up eleven points in the second half. Um, it well, was yeah, just if, they gave up fourteen the, in overtime. Yeah, if, if USC scored on their first few possessions, the score might have probably been more like 41 to 28. Yeah, I instead think so of too. being in overtime with them. But Arizona made a bunch of mistakes. You're right. Um I think I think notably not going for two in overtime. Um that's one thing that I think everybody should do. If you're the worst team, <laughs> and let's be real, Arizona is the worst team. Yeah. If you're the worst team and you're in a dogfight and you go to overtime, especially if you go second, if the other team scores a touchdown, they kick the extra point, and then you get the ball and score the touchdown, you better go for two because as as the game keeps going on and on, your chances of winning are lower. Um that's just how it works, you know. If if you're a more talented team, the more snaps there are in the game the higher the chances that you're going to win just because your players are better than the other players so if you're the worst team like Arizona you should go for two they didn't go for two and and try to put the game away and I think that's where they lost because they had all the momentum and in that moment I think I think that was their shot to win the game once they didn't do that my confidence in Arizona went down because you just know that Caleb Williams being the best player in the country is going to make the play to win the game, and that's exactly what he did. Um, and and especially at the end there, man, that two-point 
I don't know if you saw that two point conversion play at the end where they where they did that stupid toss. Stupid, that was yeah. the that was the worst play call I've ever seen. I don't know what they what they thought was going to happen by doing that. Uh, USC blew that up immediately. I know that was terrible, and and that's a, a play you maybe do if it's one yard you need to get, but from the two and a half, no. And and that's a play where you do if you have a fast guy, you're not faster than than those guys on USC. Maybe if you have a really fast guy, you you put the ball in one hash, you do the toss to to the to the wide side, and your guy can outrun the team. But no, not when you need two and a half yards, and not when you're going against USC. They should have did some kind of pass play, and to give their quarterback the option to run it in as well. I mean, hello, duh. <laughs> what are you doing? That you know, if if Mario Cristobal wasn't clown of the week, that might have been clown of the week. Jed Fish for for doing that play, um, so you know. But I don't think that was that was you know a whole rant worth. But that was that was terrible by Arizona. So USC escapes. I think the story is is just still going to be how bad their defense is, and it's probably going to continue every week until they play in Oregon or Washington, and and we'll see what happens then. All right, I think that's fair. Like I said, I think. Caleb Williams is good enough to beat these lower tier teams by himself, and they'll continue yep. to probably beat those teams. So they do all, play all Notre we, Dame next week. So okay. yeah, so all we can do is see how they they play against these these good teams. I, I That's do be interesting. I do think USC's defense is a little bit better than we're giving them credit for. I think they've no, dealt it's terrible. some unlucky hands here and there. I don't it's think it's terrible. I'm not gonna say it's good, but it's terrible. Out I of think, the top teams. Like, yeah, they might not have a bad defense, like worse than the country bad, but out of the top teams, teams that we're talking about maybe making the playoffs, top ranked teams. It's the worst. It's it's terrible. It's the it's okay. the worst. Fair. Fair. Um, let's keep it in the Pac twelve. Uh with that UCLA upset over Washington State. Washington State was on the road trying to stay undefeated. Um Dante Moore making his what second start as starting quarterback um, of the Bruins looked a little bit better. Still threw two picks. One of them he did. Fortunately, was a pick six. Um, right yeah, before yeah. halftime. Yeah, yeah. This guy was coming off the edge, and he just <laughs> threw the ball right to him, and he ran it back. <laughs> but I mean, he, he, we saw flashes, man. We saw him mm-hmm. uh, makes a few throws here and there. That the touchdown throw. It was okay. He lobbed it a little bit. The guy was wide open. He just seemed like he just kind of wanted to fold it in there and get the, like a, a touchdown. But um, I mean, he had a couple of throws on the run, moving right, moving left. He stepped up in the pocket and had like a, a nice throw in this pocket, like twenty five yards down the field to his tight end or something. Um, so he flashed. He played well. Um, but I think obviously the real stars of this game was the UCLA defense. The game was pretty ugly in general. Uh, I. I Credit to UCLA's defense for making it that way, but yeah, Washington State, man, they just a lot of mistakes. Cam Ward wasn't really himself. Um, they had opportunity there on fourth and one to convert to continue the drive, potentially win the game, and it kind of just seemed like it was a half ass half effort on that last play. Like there was no sense of urgency to get convert. Obviously, like it was kind of blown up a little bit, but kind of felt like there was a gap there that he could have hit, but he kind of like hesitated or something. Eh. Just a weird and ugly game, but UCLA able to come out on out on top and uh, 
give Washington State that first L. Dominoes are starting to fall in the Pac-12. We're starting to see some of these teams get their first losses. Oregon State, Washington State over the past couple of weeks. Um, what are we down to that final undefeated three now at Washington, Oregon, and USC? And we're seeing USC being close to losing maybe potentially next week against Notre Dame. We'll see. But, um, yeah, man, what are your thoughts about this game and just the overall implications that it has on the Pac-12? Two major takeaways. Cam Ward-Heisman conversation is over, and we got to put some respect on UCLA's defense because they haven't really been allowing much points every week, and I think this is one of the underrated things going on in the country, mostly because people aren't watching UCLA, and a lot of their games are on Pac-12 Network. So, you know, a lot of people can't watch them, but that's a different conversation. But – yeah, man, they played pretty well. Like you said, Dante Moore showed flashes. Because um, remember, Washington State scored 17, but they got a pick six. So UCLA's defense only allowed 10 points. Right. I think if, if they only allowed 10 points, they should be able to beat pretty much everybody. Now, they have an interesting game against Oregon State coming up next week, so – I think this one is going to be big. This, we're going to learn a lot about UCLA next week. I think Oregon State maybe has a defense better than, than yeah, Wazoo. Gonna, I mean, they're, I they're say, probably like about State the same level. I think Oregon State is a little bit more. Maybe not. I don't right. know. I think I think if UCLA's defense plays how they've been playing, here's the thing. Are they going to be able to handle Oregon State up front? Because this is, a, this is almost like the opposite matchup. Wazoo right. is more of a passing team. Oregon State is more of a running team. Right. So it's a it's a different matchup. So my thing is is going to be is UCLA going to be able to to hold up in the front seven. So that's just my question. I'm not I'm not making a pick here or saying who's going to win or lose. I'm just saying this is an interesting game to watch going into next week. It's going to be a ranked matchup. So hopefully it's not on freaking Pac-12 Network <laughs> so everybody <laughs> can see. Um. So yeah. Um. That's, that's an interesting game going in next week. So, yeah, my main two takeaways are put some respect on UCLA's defense, and, and sadly the Cam Ward-Heisman conversation is over. Yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Um, still super electrifying. It lasted, it lasted a week. Like two weeks, <laughs> right? They played Oregon State like two weeks ago. So that was nice. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Oh man, but let's uh let's talk a little bit about that Notre Dame versus Louisville game. We, we teased it a few times. Jack Harlow storming the field after the big win. Um man, Louisville kind of whooped Notre Dame's ass. I I think this is obvious to say, but um this was definitely Notre Dame's worst performance of the year. Like in that Ohio State game, I thought they played pretty well all things considered. Like obviously scoring 10 points is not the best offensive performance, but um, in, in that game situation, it, it didn't feel like they were playing horrible. Uh, but in this game, it was just not really good from Notre Dame. Uh, Jawar John, not Johnson, Jawar Jordan ran all over them. Notre Dame's defense was pretty much non-existent, non-existent. Um, and uh, Sam Hartman, he was kind of terrible. I don't know if the, yeah. the brights were if the lights were too bright or something, but he disappointed me, man. Yeah, he was not good, man. He was turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. 
Uh, Louisville kind of outclassed Notre Dame. Now, obviously, Notre Dame is coming off a streak of playing Ohio State and Duke back-to-back. So it's tough to play a schedule like they're playing right now against the level of competition that they're playing right now. Um, yeah, this was their third dogfight in a row. And yeah. I think we're we're seeing the effects of, you know, those emotional highs. And, and especially when you're talking about really young people. Um, it's just it just drains you, man. When when you have two big games like that, you kind of give it your all, and 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 yeah, you're gonna come down after that, and it's hard to to bring it back up for a third time in three weeks. So, I think I think we've seen the effects of that. I mean, Louisville had the crowd full. Um, you know, the they were loud, huh? This is their Super Bowl, basically. Exactly. Like this, this, this is what it was their Super Bowl because I don't know if any other team that's as big. You know, came comes to town this year. I mean, they had Jack Harlow storming the field. Like, look, <laughs> it was you know, I, I saw Donovan Mitchell out there. Like, look, right, there was right. even some celebrities showing up. So, you know, this was this was big for them. And and you know, they they had Notre Dame in garbage time. Basically, I mean, they did. Wasn't that crazy? They did, and they were still killing them in garbage time. That's the funniest yeah. part. <laughs> that was crazy, bro. I'm like, I'm watching that game. Like, what? is going on right now. And this is another thing I've been saying it all year. You would think certain teams would be able to just run over another team. Nope. Nope. Louisville was winning the line of scrimmage on defense, especially. Especially. That defense is really good. was killing it. Aldrich SMA wasn't getting anything, man. It was crazy. You know, we're looking at a guy, people were saying, even I said, one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah. I mean, but he had no blocking, so nah. they was swarming. They was flying around. They was hitting. Yo, Louisville defense impressed me, man. And I think we're seeing the effects of, of Notre Dame having a really one-dimensional offense. So they could really sell out for the run. And I don't think Notre Dame really has that great of wide receivers. Sam Hartman hasn't really been that great. I mean, basically, every time they played a team with a post – he didn't really play the best. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. And and I was I was even having this conversation with my dad, and and I was just I was just saying like I'm this is just a question. This is just a question. Mm, nah, it might be I just a have bit, a question. Might be a statement. You might you know what I mean? Well, well no, no. But here's the, but here's the thing. Let me let me break it down. This was a guy that played four years at, at Wake Forest, right? Right. Um. We know what kind of offense they run with the slow mesh. It's gimmicky, right? Yes. And he threw for, for sure. he threw for a bunch he threw for a bunch of yards. And my question is maybe that just doesn't translate to other systems because right. this is obviously a, a different system than that he was running at Wake. Um and maybe he's just not the best quarterback. Because this, you know, he's running that gimmicky offense, and and maybe the coaching staff is able to scheme things up and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, I could even talk about my own team in Oregon during the Chip Kelly days. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was open because of the scheme. It wasn't necessarily the quarterback having to throw guys open or anything like that. Look, you know, I love Mariota. I love even, you know, Darren Thomas, Jeremiah Masoli, all those guys were great quarterbacks in college. But it's the scheme and the coaching that was helping them a lot as well. 
put up those big right. numbers. Even the wide receivers, like all those years we were putting up all those numbers, we never really had a game breaker wide receiver. Like right now, Troy Franklin is probably the best wide receiver Oregon has had, at least since I've been alive, since I've been watching football. Um, you know, nobody really has hit a thousand yards in 10 years for Oregon. So, and like I said, Troy Franklin is really the only one with, with draft potential. You know, you think about all those guys we had back then, none of them really did anything in the NFL. But in college, they was putting up a bunch of numbers. So my question is, maybe that offense just, just doesn't translate to to other systems. You know, like you have a guy, everybody thought, yeah, man, he threw for a bunch of yards. This is the upgrade that Notre Dame needed to finally put them in the playoffs. And yeah, that that hasn't happened, man. Um Right, right. You know, they, they should have lost the game against Duke and they did lose against Louisville and and, and the other thing too, man, I, I wasn't that confident in Louisville and, and they shocked me, man. I've never been more happy to be wrong, man. That's one thing about this sport. I love being wrong, boy. Let's go. <laughs> when I'm when I'm wrong, it makes me happy. I love being wrong. Yeah, but I mean, both, <laughs> me and you have both been high on Louisville all year long. Like we've yeah, been, yeah, like we know. Oh, of course. Like, like, look, and he, but going to into the game, I was kind of like, man, I don't know if they're going to do it because they they wasn't really, you know, running over teams. I felt like they should have been running over if they're the caliber of team. That that they should be, you know, if they're a team that should go ten to eleven and one, you know, hopefully make the ACC title game with that week schedule. So I was like, I don't know, man, if they're gonna beat Notre Dame, man, they came out there and sold out, man. I'm proud of Louisville, man, and they was running the rock too. That's a thing. That's that's a big statement, hell, man. Um, Jamar Johnson, his he is fast, boy. Yeah, what a man. running back, what a player he is. I mean, look, um. 21 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns. And that one that was the uh, the dagger, man, that was crazy, man. The way he, like, ran to the outside and cut up the field, like, yeah. Yeah. It looked fake. It looked like a video game. Yeah, man. Listen, let's go, Louisville. That uh, I hope that, uh, that Riley Leonard gets healthy because that game against Duke, that's one of my most anticipated Maybe. matchups, personally. Personally, that's that's, that's a game that I'm really looking forward to. I was gonna say, and what do you it is, go ahead? My fault. No, what's your question? What's your question? I was gonna say, um, how are we feeling about Louisville for real now? Now we see them get with a big one over Notre Dame. Like, do we actually think yeah, they can? I feel better about it, man. I mean, look, they go to Miami late in the year. I might have to go to that. Yeah, I might have to go to that. I might have to pull so up. Don't on get you mad that. at me if you see me wearing red. <laughs> If you see me on TV wearing red, don't get mad at me because I'm definitely not rocking with the Hurricanes in that scenario. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking, you know, Duke Duke versus Louisville. That's one of the the games I'm really excited for, and that's in two weeks. So, right. Or in three weeks, Louisville has a bye. So, man, this team, this team, and I, and I told y'all, what did I say preseason? I said this is the sleeper in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Now it's not even really a sleeper. No. You beat Notre Dame, you're undefeated, you're 6-0. and Now the expectation is to win these games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Miami. But, listen, this is a good football team, man. You know, 
Honestly, my dream would be for the ACC title game to be Duke and Louisville, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. That'd be a yeah, that basketball would, that would just ACC be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing, bro. I mean, look, yo, the basketball schools in general is going crazy this year. We right. got UCLA, we got North Carolina, Duke, Louisville. I mean, what's going on right now? So, I mean, even Kentucky's five and one, even though they got smacked by Georgia. We could get into that. But yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about this Louisville team. Yeah, um, yeah, they definitely can have some uh, prospects to shake up the ACC and make it weird for Florida State um, up there. Uh, Jeff Brom is the coach, right? He's the head coach at Louisville. Um, yes. Okay, and this is his first year as their coach, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. Yo, and a quarterback is is a transfer from Cal. Yeah, but he was also at uh, Purdue with yeah. that coach, I think. So, yeah, it's like his third school. Jack Jack Plummer, Jake Plummer, something like that. Yeah, not yeah. Not, he had a bad, he had a pretty decent day. He was pretty efficient. Yeah, I mean, he was a, he was a solid quarterback. He had one. He was even solid on Cal, but Cal yeah. just sucks. So, yeah. he's having better success on a better team. So, shout out to him. He's a smart guy. Does Cal suck? Yes, Cal is terrible. Can't, can't stand Cal. Uh, all right, let's hop on over to the SEC now um, with one of the other bigger games of the week. Alabama was on the road um, at Texas A&M looking to find a win, and they did. Um, I picked this one right. Um, I was kind of pretty much all over this game. It, it went exactly how I thought it would go, and – I want to I want to make a few points here about Jalen Miro, the quarterback, because he first off he had a great game outside of that one interception mm-hmm. that he threw, fantastic game from him. His offensive line was giving him no help; he was getting destroyed. That and that interception came after he had like got blindside, like literally destroyed from like the the back paws. Um. Yo, just go ahead, man. <laughs> just go ahead, man. <laughs> Um, and he threw the pick like a, I think the next drive or a few plays later. Like he was obviously shaken up, and he he, had, he started to get some happy feet. Like he wasn't really in his mind state. But man, you called out the wide receivers earlier on in this year. Um, you said that they were no good. Yeah, one of them went off, <laughs> and that they needed to, they needed to be better. Isaiah Bond and Jermaine Burton both went off. Um, and I, I don't think you were wrong. I think they definitely were underperforming and not living up to the standard that Bama has had recently at the wide receiver position. Um, But man, I I just know the names on that roster that's playing wide receiver. I'm very familiar with both uh, Jermaine Byrne and Isaiah Bond. And I know the talent that they both have. I mean, Jermaine Byrne, nine catches, 197 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he, Mm. he, yeah, that was a hell of a game. And that's, that's what they needed to do, man. They were not helping Jalen Milrow earlier on in the season. They were not getting open. They weren't separating. They weren't catching the ball. So, of course, this quarterback that already struggles throwing the ball is going to struggle even more. Now they're being more quarterback friendly. Now they're separating. Now they're being explosive. And now Bama's offense is finding a rhythm. It's just now their offensive line was a turnstile. I do want to give credit to Texas A&M's defense, specifically their front seven. Those guys are fast. They were flying around everywhere. They were in the backfield all day. It felt like the defense did enough to win that game, but uh, A&M's offense, as it has the past few years, betrayed them. Um, I don't want to say it was bad offense, but it just wasn't enough 
it wasn't efficient enough, and um, Bama's defense made the plays. Caleb Downs had that huge interception in the third quarter after it looked like Texas, Texas A&M had some momentum. Um, it was a good game, though. It was This was actually a really solid football game. It felt like a real SEC uh, football game environment. Yeah. Competition. You know, A&M has one of the top environments in the country. But I think a big takeaway for me is game management. Mm. What did I say when I was picking? You can't trust A&M because you can't trust their coaching staff. Jimbo Fisher, dude. <laughs> I mean, if there was a list of clowns, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's not that high on the list this week. But, like, look. If you in plus territory and it's fourth and short, go for it. That's another rule. I talked about the two-point rule when you're the worst team in overtime and you score the touchdown, you go for two to put the game away. Right. This is another rule that coaches need to follow. If you're in plus territory, you're you know in the no man's land where it's kind of too long for a field goal but but too short to punt and it's fourth and short, you go for it. Not if it's fourth and 8. Okay, if you're on the 40-45 yard line and it's fourth and eight, I'm not mad at you for punting. But it, it was like fourth and three, and he punts the ball. Dude, go for it. What are you doing? I mean, you have talented guys on your team that you should be able to to at least give them a chance to make mm-hmm. a play. Yeah. Um, like we know Evan Stewart's a, a talented wide receiver. What's the other receiver's name? They got talented guys, yeah, Arian man. Smith, the running back. And that's his yeah, name. Anaya, yeah, Anaya Smith. Anaya, Anaya, Anaya Smith. Smith. Anaya Smith. Um, that's, that's the other name I was trying to think of. Like, look, yeah. you got guys on offense, man. I just I – don't, I don't know, man. Like, you, like I said, you're in that no man's land. It's, it's like fourth and two, fourth and three. You go for it. You don't punt the freaking ball up in that situation, man. I just, especially in a tight game, like, like you don't want to just give them the ball back. You know, because your net punt gain is not going to be that high. You're on the forty. No, you're going to get what if if you like if you get a touchback, it's going to be like twenty yards 20 net, yards, twenty net yeah. yards. Like, it's what barely, are you doing? So, I mean, it's a difference, but not enough where it's like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, stupid, it's, it's not even worth punting not, at that it's point. Not worth yeah. It, yeah. Um, and the other thing, Alabama's defense definitely one of the top defenses. For sure. They the showed out. was getting in there. Texas A&M in. could not block them. Um, I don't know. Nobody could block them. They was lying to block A&M either. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, I don't know if, if, if A&M's line is bad, but I mean, <laughs> Alabama's D-line was killing them. Yeah, there we so, go. So, they, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, this is just typical A&M. You just think, oh, this is the time A&M should get them. No, AM can never can never do it. Um just you know Alabama looks like they're in the driver's seat in the SEC West, right? Correct? They're in the SEC West. Yes. Um nobody in their division is seems to be able to be as good as them to beat them nope. or have a better record than them, especially with LSU having lost. Yeah, that's what we're going um, next to. So Yeah, so it looks like Alabama's going to Atlanta. I mean, it is what it is. Never <laughs> count them out. Never count them out, man. This is this yeah, is Nick Saban. Is, funny. Nick Saban. Is, you don't think Alabama's going to Atlanta? I mean, I'm not saying I'm. Not, I don't think they're not. It lines up for them. It's just 
the way you said it, and it's just, like you just said it so matter of factly. Like I, I don't look, and we'll talk about LSU in a second. But I'm just saying, any, anything is possible. Alabama's defense, it really impressed me. It just anything gotta, is possible. Alabama hasn't played a complete game. Like when they finally play a complete Yo, well, game, then maybe. But Milrow is game. I mean, better. what team have has any team played a complete game? Really? Yes. I guess maybe Georgia did. Yeah, Georgia. Kentucky. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> The best team in the but, country, uh, but that they don't yeah, they don't no, do definitely, anything. That has nothing to do with Bama. You're right until they play each other in the SEC championship game. Right, so, right, exactly. So they're I, not in the same division. So I'm not really worried about you. them in that regard. But yeah, Alabama, man, I don't really see another team beating them. I mean, they got Tennessee, they got LSU. I think which LSU and Tennessee can maybe beat them in shootouts. But if their defense is going to play well, then obviously. Yeah, the LSU in a shootout situation is interesting, but I don't know if Alabama's defense is going to let it get to that point. Get to that point, right? Well, Milrow is 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 getting better every week. I think he has the ability to make the throws. Four or five touchdowns if he needs to. Yeah, l- listen, man. He threw one pass. That one touchdown he Ooh. threw against Ole Miss, Ole Miss was a freaking dime, man. He had that one against. So, he had that one that he threw in this game. Um, yeah, on the right side, I think it was like his second touchdown, Burton's second touchdown. That was pretty nice. Yo, like he has the ability. So whatever they need to do to get this man right, I think they're gonna do. Um, you know, this this might be one of those things where we look back three years from now when he started for multiple years and we say. Jalen Milrow ended up being one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Like I think, I think he has that ability, man. I'm not really, I'm not ready to sit up there and just say, "Oh, Alabama needs to get rid of him." Or you know, I mean, I th- I said before they should have got somebody in the portal, and I stand by that for this year. They should have got one of the top quarterbacks in the portal if they want to go to the national championship. Because I don't think this is a team that goes to the national championship. So they try, they try to get the guy. But they shouldn't have put all their eggs in that basket. But there's That's no other guy in the portal that was good enough this year. No, yes, there ooh, was, man. Ooh, you had ooh. Austin Reed, you had Grayson Bro, McCall. Bro, Austin Reed and, and Grayson Yo. McCall as the quarterbacks at Alabama. Like, let's be real. Like, they throw, not, they was throwing. Bama is, Bama's not taking a G5 quarterback and making him their starter. So let's listen. look at all the Power Five transfers. Listen, the top one was Drake May. Everybody else outside of Drake. The top May was one ass. was Drake May. No, listen, listen. They Graham was Mertz. Than... The best transfer quarterback is Graham Hurts, bro. Yo, they took Tyler Buckner in the portal. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, you telling me? You telling me you wouldn't have Grayson McCall over Tyler Buckner? What is he uh, showing? I would. Hell yeah, I would. But yo, this is Florida's why your team. Spot. This is why your team has the quarterback they do because you don't want to get somebody that could throw the ball. You would rather take Tyler Buckner than Grayson McCall. I mean, I know y'all tried to, but he wasn't academically. Y'all could have took Austin Reed. There was other quarterbacks that I'm not. I'm just not thinking of right now that was better. So that's y'all problem. That's why Florida is Florida. That's don't all I'm that. saying no, about that. Florida, we coming. Coming where? Where are y'all going? Just saying, Georgia better beware. Yeah, where are y'all going? The Outback Bowl? Saying, Georgia better beware. All right. I hope so. That would make my year. But. So we just packed Anywho. Anywho, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about LSU and Mizzou? Yeah. Cause, uh, that was a wild one. That was a wild one. LSU walked Mizzou down. That, that's exactly what happened. They walked those boys down. Salute. I thought Missouri had them. Right where they wanted them. Yeah, so did uh, I. LSU, they showed no quit, man. This is on the road. This is a huge win. Um, 
Jaden Daniels, hell of a performance from that guy as usual. Um, it's, LSU was kind of like the the SEC version of USC, though. Their defense still is just not really stopping anybody with a Poe offense. Although it did make enough plays, got an interception, forced that big fumble. Um, like in the last two minutes, which I don't think they forced a fumble, actually. They got a strip sack, and then they got the pick at the end of the game, um, like under a minute, pick six to end the game. Um, so they made a few plays when they needed it, but yeah. Um, Missouri. Let's talk about them. I think that's the real storyline to this game. What were your thoughts about Missouri? Because LSU is still exactly who we thought they were um, coming in. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. I didn't learn anything new about LSU from this game. Uh, Yeah, no. We knew their defense was bad. We know that J.D. Daniels is a good quarterback, and they have good players on on the outside. So, like, that doesn't surprise me, but I don't know. Missouri just can never do what they need to do to win a big game. It's kind of sad. Yeah, I thought um, I thought their defense was kind of exposed a bit. Um, Coach, yeah, they Matt were. as well. I think he was kind of just out coached as well. I thought um, the two interceptions also were kind of the um, difference maker in this game. Obviously, the last interception was kind of I'm not going to call that garbage time because they were only down by three points. They were backed up all the way, but. Um. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Brady Cook. He threw the ball fifty times. They ran the ball well. They ran it for one hundred and fourteen yards. Luther Burden. He got loose. He had one hundred and fifty yards. But um. Yeah, Missouri's defense got shredded. They turned the ball over twice. Story of the game. I don't think Missouri played necessarily bad, and I think they still are a pretty solid team this year, and are going to give uh, the rest of the SEC East headaches. Outside of mm-hmm. probably uh, Georgia, um, but yeah, uh, real quick, Georgia Cook Kentucky. What was the final score of that? Fifty-one to ten, fifty-one to thirteen. Yeah, fifty-one thirteen. Um, they did everything they wanted to do. They dominated that game. Not much to talk about there. We, we yeah, they're number one. They're number one. Yeah, we both. I'm pretty sure we both said that they would cover that game, cover the spread. Um, Kentucky, like we said, Devin Leary, Kentucky should not probably have beaten Florida had they not ran for 300 yards. Like if Florida just like if Kentucky had a normal rushing game, even if they ran for like 100 to 150 yards, Florida probably wins that game. But um, Kentucky showed they they weren't truly that good, um, and Georgia just exposed that to the rest of us. Michigan they cooked Minnesota 52 to 10. Um, North Carolina handled Syracuse forty to seven. Oregon State beat up on Cal fifty-two to forty. Um, Ole Miss beat Arkansas twenty-seven to twenty. Did you watch that game at all? No, no. And then um, Wyoming, another huge win, man. Ooh, them boys got it done, bro. What a win! Five team. Um, I'd say so. Yeah, it's either um, them or um or um Tulane. I think Tulane. still. I mean, you go back and you look at their loss to Texas. Or I'll tell you this: we need to mention Air Force. Yeah, they go play Air Force next week. 
Air Force is on the See, road at Air that's Force. Gonna the freaking, that's going to be the game of the week, low-key. <laughs> yes, sir. So um, I'll, be, I'll definitely be making sure to check that out, pop my head into that game, check it out. But no, Wyoming's just impressive, man. Uh, not super productive on offense, but they had two pretty explosive plays um, that helped them. Andrew Peasley, he, he threw, what, three touchdown passes? Um, and they got that interception towards the end of the game to kind of seal the win. It was a, it was a hard-fought game, but that ends Fresno's win streak, which was the second long streak, was the second longest win streak in the nation behind Georgia. They had won 14 games in a row. The last time they lost, Fresno State lost was October 8th, 2022, which is a year and a day ago. Um, so big, big win over Wyoming. Got a big one earlier in the year against App State. Another huge win against Texas Tech. But I will say this. All three of those wins came at home. They lost, obviously, to Texas on the road. No one really expected them to win that game. And I thought they looked mm-hmm. decent for what you expected Wyoming to look like, you know, against Texas. But, yeah, like you said, on the road at Air Force, I think we'll learn truly if they are the cream of the crop of the G5 yeah, that's um, gonna be a big one, man. Um, it is at it is away, so yeah. like you said, we'll see. But I think this is a this is a matchup that everybody who likes football should should pay attention to. And I really want to see Wyoming play against Tulane um, because both of them are kind of similar in their records. They both have one loss, but Wyoming does have the Power Five win over Texas Tech, and they both also did lose to a Power Five team where they they pretty. They look pretty good in it. You know, obviously, Fates in way tougher competition, just like Tulane looked pretty good against Ole Miss. But, and with a backup quarterback, by the way. So, it's got to factor that in. But, so, but I, I really want to see Wyoming play Tulane. Hopefully, that can happen during bowl season. But, I mean, if the season goes the way both of these teams want it to go, then one of them will be in the New Year's Six. So, yeah, true, actually. Um, that would be amazing, man. Wyoming in the New Year's Six. Year six. <laughs> That's what the country needs, man. And I would take them or this, Air Force in this the New was, Year's Six. If this was next year, that would be Wyoming in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the college Let's football go, you want. That's the college Absolutely. That, that, this is why I was so In a 12-team playoff? In this, a 12-team playoff? Exactly yeah. Why I was, I was Not in a 14-team playoff. But in the 12 team playoff, yeah. I mean, there should be at least one G5 team. Listen, yeah, listen, I, we've seen G5 beat Power 5. Last year, Tulane beat USC. Yeah. Listen. That's true. So, depend on the matchup. Like, if they get matched up against a Georgia, but obviously, they're not winning against Natty. So, it's like just football's a violent No, they're not it's winning. It's just a waste Natty. of a game. You could just play that as a bowl game and let the freshman I mean, play. Are, you seeing, are you saying that in the NFL where the freaking 7 and 10 team that makes. That makes the play, but they're not winning the Super Bowl, so you can say yeah, the same but thing. They're making oh, money, bro. They're getting paid contract. What is play. it? What do you? What is it? But who? But what does that have to do with with it's you as a job. fan wanting to see it? Oh, but what do you? But, what, fan, but you right. said that like like saying, like oh because they're not going to the natty, they shouldn't be in it. I'm saying from the players' perspective, you're making Wyoming and USC playing round one when USC. You're right. Maybe USC does lose that game to Wyoming, and, and Wyoming goes to round two. It's just a it's it's kind of pointless. It's just like a 
How is it pointless, though? Listen, you got to play the games, man. If you don't play the game, like, listen, we've seen Boise State beat Oklahoma, man. Come on. Yeah, that was in a different we've time. We've seen it. That was in a different time, bro. It was a different time, but it's the same thing. We've seen Tulane beat USC last year. Listen. Listen, I'll, I'll go on word. They in deserve our, to be In our there. lifetime, we will never see a G5 team win a national championship. We'll never even see a G5 team play for a national championship. We might we might see a one time a team get through the twelve team bracket and make it to the game. Maybe that's that's. I don't think I don't think I'll so. Say. I don't think so. I'm, I'll I gladly if, be if proven sport, wrong. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think if the sport stays the same, unless we get a situation where I don't know, there has to be a way for talent to get evenly dispersed for for a G five team to to make it. I'm not even joking. But, you can take. You could probably take. Each year, take the worst team and maybe not the worst team in FBS, but like no, a the middle worst of the team pack. In FBS would get smoked by the yeah. team. No, no, no. <laughs> take like a middle, take like a middle of the pack FBS team, and throw them into that G five spot every year. And I bet one of those middle of the pack teams would make a run before the G five team. I disagree. I disagree. Make a run. To I the think a team idea. like. I think a team like a Cincinnati that year they made the playoffs or <laughs> or you know like like whatever G5 team is the best is better than a middle of the pack power 5 team. Cuz there's no way like like you're taking a 6 and 6 Texas like, A&M you're taking, one year to freaking run yeah, no. run to the Natty before I'm no. taking a 11 no. and 1 Tulane no. to make it to the Natty. No. Because a team that's that's that bad isn't going to be well coached enough to to win a natty to go to a natty, like a G five team that's good is going to have better coaching. That they're going to make the better decisions that give their team a better chance to win a game. A team that that's six and six, they don't have good players. They don't have and they're not going to have the best coaching to make it. Like, like even a team that's talented like A and M, I don't like they they can't even win the regular season game. And you think they're going to win a playoff game against a good team? I mean, no, I'm not taking that. Even though they I don't do think have coaching staff is talent. bad, just because they have a bad year, things can happen. I mean, I'm not saying they, I'm not saying they. That's the reason I'm why not saying they bad though. It's just they not as good as the top coaches. Like we seen it play out literally with A and M in Alabama. Like, yeah, but the talent, like Jimbo don't don't want to go for it on fourth for fourth and short and plus territory. Like, what are you doing? This isn't the '90s. It's 2023. You gotta you gotta coach to win, not to lose. That's what A and M did. So I'm not I'm not taking a team like that to to make a run in a 12 team playoff. Neither am I. Honestly, I'm just saying that I think I'm taking a G five team in our league. lifetime. I I still would see one of those teams before a G five team. That's how pointless I think it is adding a G five team no, to the playoffs. I'm taking a G five team over. Yeah, maybe we'll get because like a, the, one a super elite G five team one of these years, like you said, like a Cincinnati that'll. Maybe can make a run potentially, but uh, that's going to be rare in my opinion. Oh, it's going to be rare, but because we'll, I, I got more. It will be rare that they'll be in. I think we'll see a lot of G five because a lot because aren't like after I the think first when, like eight slots are all the at large, so whoever is just ranked high, yeah, at the end. yeah. So that could be anybody. That could be four G well, five technically, and it's the five highest ranked conference champions. That doesn't guarantee. That is to all Power Five conference champions, mm. at least until 2026 when they redo the rules. But that's gotcha. what that's what it says. It says the highest five ranked conference champions get in. So 
if one of these teams has like an eight and four conference champion, there's gonna be a G five team in there. There's gonna it's be the over. Mountain West champion in there yeah. or something. So you never know. <laughs> it's true. But all right, um, that's gonna do it for our game recaps, I believe, unless we missed a game. Um well my Western Kentucky Hilltoppers won and yeah. my UTSA Roadrunners won. So Rutgers lost, unfortunately. Go. Um what else we got going on? Clemson barely beat Wake Forest. I didn't watch that game at all, but I don't even want to watch the highlights of that ugly ass. Yeah, Clemson is yeah. like what's going on there? And they won at Come least. I will pat them on the back for that. Uh, Florida beat Vanderbilt 38 to 14. We didn't talk about my Gators. Um, finally, talk won a about game. your Gators. Talk about your Gators. Finally, won a game that uh, we were supposed to win, how we were supposed to win it. Montreal Johnson ran the ball for 135 yards. Defense was all over the place. They got off. Will Shepard had that one touchdown pass, but like he yanked my DB's face mask. It should have been an offensive face mask, and they should have called it back. Like <laughs> that was a, a foo foo ass touchdown. Um, so we pretty much shut everything else down. It's Vandy, though, uh, but they cooked us last year. So that was definitely a little bit of a, of a revenge game. Feels good to win on homecoming. Felt like a little bit of a get-right game. We were missing our starting center and left tackle, and we were also missing Trevor Etienne. Um, so whenever you're missing three important players like that, um, playing an SEC opponent, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. I, I thought you, I thought the SEC had depth. But we had depth, so we were able to get it done. <laughs> and, it, and we were able to get those guys some more necessary reps as well. A lot of young guys making plays as usual. That's that's really just a the theme of Florida this year, man. We're just a young-ass team, bro. Like We have seniors and experience throughout uh, the, the team, our center, our starting center, um, our guard, one of our tackles, our quarterback, obviously. They're all upperclassmen. Um, Ricky Pearsall is an upperclassman, but our defense, very few. We have a couple upperclassmen on the defensive line, but and uh, outside on the corners. But outside of that, man, there's a lot of Utes running around, a lot of Jits making plays out there for my Gators. Graham Mertz, 30 for 36, 254 yards, three touchdowns. This kid, he's good, man. He's not great. He, I want to see him throw the ball down the field. That's why his completion, high, completion percentage is so high because he only throws the ball to receivers he knows he can complete the pass to, which is good, right? Take what the defense gives you. Um, but we get South Carolina next week on the road. We got Georgia coming up, LSU coming up. We're going to need to push the ball down the field to score some points in those games. So still looking for that. I'm looking for us to get healthy. But I think if we get healthy on the offensive line, we get ETM back and we can st- and we can start connecting on those long passes, I think we'll be all right, and we can win some games. Um, obviously, we can't let anybody run the ball on us like Kentucky did again this year. But like I said, I'm not really worried about that. I don't know what I don't know what the hell that was against Kentucky, but I think that was that's just going to be like a one time thing for us this year. Um, I think Georgia and LSU obviously are going to be able to score some points on us, but I don't think it'll be as um, egregious. <laughs> As that Kentucky game. So feeling good about my Gators, man. Four and two. Vegas said we were expected to get like five or six wins this year. 
a lot of people were shitting on us saying that's all we were going to do is get five or six wins, if that. And we're already at four, man. So we are, we got like the fourth ranked recruiting class in the country, third ranked recruiting class in the country. I always said if we could win eight games, even if you win seven games, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to keep a top five recruiting class and we'll continue to load up and become very dangerous in the future. Um, so I think that should be our goal. Find seven to eight wins. Make sure our, our recruiting class doesn't implode and we'll be fine. If we wind up losing a whole shit ton of games coming up here, we're definitely going to lose a lot of recruits and then we're going to be back at square one. So a very important stretch of games here for my Gators. We go at South Carolina by week versus Georgia. And then I think we're home at Arkansas after that. I don't know for sure, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. You're, you're going to South Carolina in October, bro. Yeah, I think we lose that, to be honest, next week. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I I, <laughs> I I don't think so. It's October. I don't want to. I don't want to. We're going to preview it later on this week. But <laughs> their offensive line is horrid. South Carolina's offensive line yeah, is Yeah, I know, terrible. I know, I know. So I think yeah. our defensive line should eat, right? So, like, I don't actually think we're going to lose. Like, I think we're going to win if that works out. But uh, on the road, man, we're one of, like, 13 in our past, like, 14 road games. I just don't feel confident on any road game. So, that's why. Here's the thing. This is your schedule. South Carolina, at South Carolina, Georgia at home. Yeah, Georgia. No, it's Georgia and Jacksonville. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um... I always forget that game's a neutral site. Yeah. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Yeah. Um, then you play Arkansas, Arkansas at home. At home. LSU on the road. to Death Valley, the yep. real Death Valley, to play LSU. You go to Mizzou. Like, that's the one I'm worried about. Listen, because I feel like all these, like Georgia and then the Florida State at the end, I don't think you guys win those. LSU's going to be tough, man. Um. I don't think it's the best matchup for y'all because the weak point of LSU is that secondary, and I don't know if y'all can throw to really exploit it. I mean, we'll see. Um, Because we know LSU's going to score. Y'all going to have to do like Tennessee and just hold the ball, chew clock, keep the score low. Um, South Carolina is interesting. I think y'all really need to win that game, honestly. Y'all really need to – because if you don't win that game, I don't think you go bowling. Because what are y'all, four and two? Yeah. Yeah, y'all got to win that game to go bowling. You really do. Because if you lose, I mean, if you beat Arkansas, I mean, yeah, that's five. But I don't know. Missouri's going to be tough, man. Like, I think this is tough to get to six it's a, wins. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough remaining schedule. But yeah. I, like, I like the way you've been playing. We can do it. Their team is good enough. See, because you're over there talking about seven, eight. I'm worried about six. Well, I mean, you're being a little bit disrespectful. We just saw Missouri lose. Not really. Like, home. okay, we just, we just watched LSU walk in their crib and beat them. So that is true. So Missouri can't but, lose at home. And I just told you about South Carolina. So look, and I don't trust Missouri. I don't trust South Carolina either. The only game that saying. Florida is is going to lose is Georgia. You're losing Florida State too. No. They have to come to the swamp. You think you're beating Florida State? They have to come to the swamp. Okay. So I mean, look, 
I hope y'all beat Florida State because it would shake things up. They should be scared of us. We are not scared of them. Right? <laughs> what? We don't I got don't shit know. to lose. Like I said, we're playing for eight wins. I mean, I guess. I guess. That's true. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Look, Florida's, Florida's going <laughs> to. We're guaranteed to go bowling. You're drunk as fuck if you don't think we're going bowling. We're, we're 100 billion. I told you. We've I'm been, not saying Florida I don't has think been, you're going Florida bowling. Florida has been in the, the actual mud the past two years, and we've won six games. So our floor, the absolute worst, is six is six wins. So look, I'm just eight, saying eight it's might be tough. a stretch. Eight might be a stretch. You're right. Six is not tough. Six is free. Six is free. I t- you I'm, think it's, it's free? Six is free. Six is free. We're Yo, guaranteed this, see, six. This Florida, this South Carolina matchup is going to be No, no, no. We're guaranteed six. We're guaranteed six. I don't know. If we so if you lose to South Carolina, we're not losing to South Carolina. We could because we can't win. We can't win on the road. So I mean, I'm you guys are I'm you guys are terrible on the road, but South yeah, Carolina is kind of bad. South Carolina is South horrible. Carolina is bad. They're horrible. They don't they don't they only have one good wide receiver. Their old line sucks. So I mean, we'll see. But. Florida's not great. I'm not gonna sit here and act like we're great, but the worst iteration of Florida has been able to get six wins. So I'm that gonna, is true. So I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my. I mean, look, on that. I'm like I'm like 51 percent. Versus forty nine percent on y'all going on. Like I'm, I'm 50, like I'm fifty one percent sure you go whoop Oregon's ass, man. I, I want y'all to line it up so bad, man. I want y'all to line it up so bad, bro. I, I promise win you, more Bo Nix would be on his neck, bro. I promise you, bro. Bro, we would be the best team y'all play outside I don't of care, Georgia, bro. It's pissing me off, man. I mean, you can you can load up you can load up college football revamped and do the same, yeah, and simulate it. Um, let's talk about UCF and how their poverty and how they still can't win a Big 12 game but how some somehow some way they're the best team in Florida and how their natural championships respect the best team in Florida dog shit respect the best team in Florida stunked by Kansas and their backup quarterback (laughs) yo Kansas put up a 50 burger let's go 50 burger dumb 50 burger I didn't I didn't get to watch that game because there was so much going on but let's go man UCF everything about them bro <laughs> That's your rival. Respect your rival. They're not my. They're not my rival, bro. They don't even exist. Respect your rival. They're not even a Respect real school. They rival. haven't even. They can't even win a Power Five game, bro. They can't. Respect they're your rival. In three tries this year, bro. They're like, gonna be zero and three next week too. Well, in two weeks because they because they play Oklahoma. Those dudes beat. Those dudes beat the ghost of Emory Jones and our special teams coordinator as our head coach, bro. I don't want to hear about none of that. I don't care about the Gasparilla they play, Bowl. They play like, West Virginia after that, too, and they're probably going to lose. Yeah. Um, but one game we didn't mention. Win. My fault, though. Who they beat? Uh, they beat Rice. JT Daniels. Oh, well, as Josh Pate would say, don't lose the food. So <laughs> They didn't lose the food. Oh, I know one game I didn't bring up. Colorado. Uh-huh. Go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, it was a to- it was a, a close game, man. It and was. Honestly, it was. they're like honestly, Colorado is like mini USC because <laughs> they're in a dogfight with Arizona State, and it's looking like Arizona State should win, but they have the better quarterback in Shadur Sanders. He made right. the plays at the end to get them in field goal range, and they kicked a field goal to win, man. Yeah. And and Dion had the kicker dancing on the field. <laughs> honestly, I don't even understand how people don't like Dion. Yeah, you have to. It's it's so hard to not cheer for Colorado, man. Like it's just awesome to see. 
like, look, look, like, I mean, I've been a Dion fan. Like, yeah. like, when you talk about players that I was too young to really see play and that I could watch the highlights of, like, Dion is one of my favorites. Like, like some of my old, my favorite, like, players that, that were before my time, Dion Sanders, Barry Sanders, it's funny, both last name Sanders, but, um, you know, both of them are two, two of my favorite players, really. Um, you know, like like the the flash, the the dancing, the the celebrations, you know, making it fun. I mean, his outfit yep. at the draft, the freaking right. windbreaker and the rope chain, like like I, I don't understand how people Prime hate time. him. Yeah, like because you know what it is. If you black and you confident, right, and you're good and you back up your trash talk. I mean, the guys playing baseball and football at the same time, man. People don't like that. He I'm backed in. up. He backed up his talk, man, and he was the he greatest did. to ever play his position. So, you know, first of all, he's he had that, and then you go to the coaching world. They win the conference at Jackson State. Um, people hating on him at Jackson State. He goes to Colorado, flips the roster around more than we've ever seen in the history of the sport. Literally, automatically upgrades week in them. Week out. Right. Automatically upgrades them. They're winning games that that Colorado wasn't even close to winning last year, and you know again they're making it fun. I mean, and, it, and it's crazy because Dion as a coach has been kind of chill, really. Like, like yeah, he's he's way older now than when he was playing, but mm-hmm. like people don't like him because he was wearing a cowboy hat. He's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's Dion like, never starts the shit. He just that is true. He never talked trash about no, the coach. unless somebody starts it first, and then he's like, "All right, you made it personal. Let's right. make it personal." But Dion, right. he'll right. never start. He's always respectful. He's a like you said, he's a he's a class act to be honest. And a right, great coach. right, right, right. I mean, of course, you know, I talk about his players and stuff that they right. were doing, especially right. against Oregon. But we talk about <laughs> Dion himself. He didn't really do any of that. Um, you know, and the players are even kids. When you, like they're right, freaking well, twenty you know, years old. Like you know, that's what yeah, they're, they're, they're eighteen do. to twenty-two yeah, years old. Like, like it is weird. Gonna talk shit like, and boast. We've and, seen, yeah, we've seen people scrape on, step on people's logos and everything. Yeah, you know, that's every getting year. Up time, so it is every year, Yeah, but like, and if you actually watch the game, he's pretty chill on the sideline. Right. He's not yelling at anybody. No, he's not super animated. Yeah, like he's occasionally, actually, like big plays, he'll you'll see him. But you're right, like for the most part. Right, but I'm saying like negatively though. Like right, he's like when something bad happens, he's not. He he's not yelling at anybody. Like I mean, you saw Trent Dilfer. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was going off. Well, I mean, look, I, I wish somebody would go off on me like that. I don't care if you the head coach or, or the head honcho or whoever you think you are. Ain't nobody going off on me like that. Just yeah, saying, just, I'm just putting that out there. Snap. I mean, look, like you know, you sitting there yelling. I mean, that ain't helping the team win. Nah. So, you know, right. that's that on that. But, you know, you look at Dion. I remember the game against Colorado State when when Jimmy Horn was playing bad and he was actually, like, hugging him. And he was like, listen, man, like, we need you. Man, lock in. Like, you know, you, yeah, like, he, I forgot the exact words of what he said. But, you know, basically saying, you know, your family's watching you. Like, mm-hmm. like you're a good player. Like, the team needs you to, to, to you know, make a play. And, and, and he ended up making one of the biggest plays at the end. I don't remember if he scored the game-winning touchdown or not. But it was a big – he had a big catch, um, like, down the field. I think yeah, it's a, yeah. So, field goal. so, like, if you actually look at his actions, like, he right. hasn't done anything wrong, like, you no. know, in terms of, like, treating his players. he's had with somebody, McLean, too. He's, like, how right, – like, That's dope. You know, we're seeing him get on the field and play well. And, Yeah. Like, you know, I just don't understand how, how people hate on him. That's why I'm saying, look, 
if you just if you black and you confident, really honestly, if you just confident, because we see the same thing when it comes to white dudes too. Like if you're a white athlete that come out there and say, "Oh, I'm the best at this," and then actually does it, people gonna hate on you. Right. People just hate seeing people that know that they're great. Yeah, and I really don't understand it because. Like whether they great or not doesn't really affect me in my personal life. Like, I just enjoy watching it. So I love so, greatness. You know, when I, I love I see, watching greatness. Yeah, like and like when I, I love when when the players Fire. are exactly and when they when they when they have like cool and fun celebrations when they make up things and you exactly. can tell they practiced it beforehand. Like I like <laughs> seeing all that ever since right. I was a kid. Like yeah, it just it just it's makes the, the game, game more fun. Yeah, exactly. like it just makes the game more fun. So. You know, even going back to when the NFL kind of banned it and stuff like that. That was so lame. I never, I just never understood it. You would think that for a league trying to make money, they would want as much showmanship as possible because yeah, that's what brings the views. Touchdowns yeah, and... that's what brings the views. That's what makes social media go crazy. That's what right. makes the, the little kids want to watch the game. Um, and it brings new fans. You have people that don't really watch the sport that's going to pay attention because of stuff like that going on. So, you know, and it's the same thing with with college football in Colorado. Like, like you got people that don't even watch football that's that's watching because of Deion Sanders. Yeah, yeah, and it's freaking Colorado. Like, like this is the only not people that should hate Colorado is like Colorado State and like Kansas State or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like, if you're yeah, a like this is team, not. There's, there's no reason you should be hating on Colorado unless you're a Pac-12 fan. And even right, then. like right, right, like I root against them just because yeah, they on my division. schedule. Exactly. Yeah, like they on my schedule. So yeah, I'm rooting against them. And even then, you don't hate on them; team. you just root against them. Right. Yeah. Like I just root against them as a fan. Like I root against any other team. It's not because right. it's Dion or because of this or exactly. that. Like, yeah, like it is what it is. They just on my schedule now. When they go to the Big Twelve, that's over with. They not on my schedule unless yeah. it's a playoff situation. So, listen. I hope they. I hope they. They have all the success in the Big Twelve, right. especially with no Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, boy, it's going to be scary. Yeah, it's going to be scary. Yeah, I be think, scary. Uh, I think a lot of people expected uh, Dion to maybe stay at Colorado for a few years until his next location, but he might be able to turn Colorado yeah. into a, a destination himself. I honestly think that. I honestly think that he probably should stay at Colorado because. As long as as long as the school you know backs them and gives them the resources, because yeah, yeah, this is this is this is a situation where you're going to get the recruits. Like you don't need to go to Auburn or 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 Florida State or whatever, whatever school or Michigan State. I know they have an opening right now, so he's going to be at least the media is going to try to make him definitely a name say for his that. Name. But yeah, I'm sure they'll probably but, reach out to him too. They'd be smart to reach out to. Oh, them. absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I don't think that. That that's necessarily an upgrade, at least in Michigan State's um, regard. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he needs to go to Auburn or, or you know one of the Florida schools or an SEC team to to really do what he needs to do. Um, and and here's the other thing: to truly be legendary, if you win a national title at Colorado, that's yeah. legendary. That's that would be one of the most legendary things that ever happened. In our sport, because let's be honest, it's usually a blue blood that wins a national title. Right. For a name like Colorado to win a national title, especially him taking over after they went one and eleven, talk about a crazy story. That's like a movie worthy story. Literally, you know what I'm saying? They like, definitely will make a movie about that. Yo, I'll make listen, it. I'll make if it Denzel myself. Washington, yo, if Denzel Washington wasn't too old, they would have him play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, 
tell you, bro. Oh, they got to do. They got to have the top actor playing them and everything. Yo, right. tell you, listen, that would be insane. Colorado winning a natty, man. Look, so listen, like I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a Dion fan. I'm always going to defend him, you know, because I'll be seeing a lot of hate, man, and. Honestly, I, I really just think it's because he's black and he's confident and he's good at what he does, man. Because yeah, a lot man. of people don't have the same energy for a lot of other people, you know, especially a lot of athletes that that are maybe dirty players or they do certain things on the field or maybe they just ain't that good, but the media don't kill them. But they right. kill they, they kill Dion because he out there changing it and because he doesn't do something the way they think it's supposed to be done. Right. Now, listen, Caleb- man, everybody does things their own way. Just because it isn't your way or the way you think it should be done doesn't mean that it's wrong. So, you know, keep wearing them sunglasses and cowboy hats. All right. We see a guy like Caleb Williams crowning himself after plays in the media and ESPN eat it up. But then Shador Sanders puts up his wrist and shows his watch and he's a villain. Doesn't even say what, like, it's just, it is a bit strange. The energy that is directed towards Colorado. Um, But hey. Dion and, and Colorado have shown that they don't let any of that outside noise affect them and that they're going to continue to be great one way or another despite any and all circumstances. So, um, like, uh, tough win, close game. Definitely not a, a game you want to be that close against that team, Arizona State. But, hey, they'll take it. A win is a win. And this was a big game because – now I think their chances of going bowling are way up. That Arizona game is going to be tough, though. I mean, we just seen Arizona play two of the top teams in the conference really tough. Yeah. And honestly, I think they just need to start uh, the uh, backup quarterback, the backup, the backup quarterback for the rest of the season <laughs> because Fafia, 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 yeah, Fafia, that was his name. Um, yeah, that guy is way better than Delora. Honestly, he doesn't do the dumb mistakes, like I said, plenty of times. But, I mean, Colorado has how many wins? What are they, four, four. and two? They lost, yep. a, they lost a USC in Oregon. They play Stanford next week. They should win that. And after that, they play UCLA, Oregon State. I don't think they win those. I think they can beat they, UCLA and Oregon State. I don't think so. UCLA, first of all, both of those teams – have way more talent, and they have UCLA way better defenses. UCLA does not have way more talent. Oregon State, yes they do. Oregon State, yes does. they do. UCLA is not way better than Colorado. Yes they do. No, listen, no. Listen, no. listen, 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 listen. Hell no. And UCLA plays Oregon State next week, so I'm. I'm we gonna UCLA come back plays to Oregon this State this week. Or UCLA just played Oregon State. No, they play them. Uh, they play them this week coming up. UCLA. UC- yeah. They just played Wazoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. tweaking, I'm tweaking. So, listen, this, we will come back to this conversation, but I think both UCLA, UCLA and fine, Oregon State are too good. I, I think they're too good. Oregon I really State will do. Run I think, they'll run all over listen, Colorado. Oregon State will run all over is, Colorado. What is UCLA going to do on offense to Colorado? What's what's Colorado's weakness run it, defense? Throw it. Hell no. Running, running. Listen, no, listen. No, UCLA has a decent <laughs> running back. I like him actually. What's his name? He's pretty good. I forgot. I forgot. No, they're, they're not going to be uh, able to. No, hell no. Yes, I'm telling you, their defense. Look, this is going to be the second best defense they play behind Oregon. I'm telling you. 
Bro, I'm telling you, you're crazy. When they play a good defense, it's not going to be. They're not going to be able to get whatever they want on offense. I'm telling you, don't be surprised. Look, I think UCLA got that, but either way, yeah. I think it's going to come down to that game against Arizona, right? And that's what that's the one they really need to win, and that's the one that I feel the most confident about. So, gotcha, gotcha. That's that on on Colorado, but you know this week was a great week, definitely. And what's game of the week next week? Sheesh! Let's take a quick look ahead. Come on, to... you know what game of the week is? Oh. It's Oregon Washington. <laughs> Oregon Washington. Come so on now, that, that college game day is gonna be there in Seattle. What else? So we got? we're gonna get uh, into that. Are we sure that's game of the week? Uh, Absolutely. Unless you want to say Wyoming and Air, and Air Force is game of the week. Uh, yeah, that's that's close, but that's definitely not Oregon Washington. <laughs> uh, we got yeah, no, we got a few good games, but nothing on that caliber. Uh, uh, USC and Notre Dame actually USC, in Miami, and North Carolina. Yes, those and, and UCLA, UCLA Oregon and Oregon State. Those are all the other rank matchups. Yep. So. But but still, seven versus eight is obviously clearly yeah the biggest top ten game. matchup. Yeah, game of the week. Yeah. Game day is gonna PM, be there. ABC game day. Josh Pate's gonna be there. It's Woo. gonna be everybody's. Everybody's gonna be there. I might be there. Just kidding. I'm not going to Seattle. But I heard Seattle. I will beautiful. be there. Yeah. Yeah, I, heard I need to go. Cities. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. But, I'm down um, to hit it up one one of these years. I uh, will definitely make yeah. that uh, road to glory trip and get out there. Definitely. Um, hopefully, definitely. we can be like Pate State one of these days and take this on the road and yeah, go on tour. podcast, go on tour. Yeah. And travel throughout the country for one of the years. But, um, we need to go to one of them cocktail parties. Yeah, we definitely do. I, hey, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're doing this year, but I'll text you off air, but there, there may be a chance I'll be there in a few weeks. I don't know for sure, but it's, it's in the Uh-oh. air. It's in the air. So I'll let you know. Uh Oh, I'll let you know. Cause if we can get in there, we might as well check it out. I just don't – I got to see how my team performs. I got to see what the funding looks like in the flights <laughs> are like before I make that type of um, play. But if not this year, definitely next year. So we'll be there. We'll, we'll be at one of them cocktail parties soon. Um, anything else, though? Anything you want to get into before we hop out of here? Um, no, not, not really. I'm just I'm just ready to get the preview for next week going yes, on. Sir. This week was a banger. Um, you know, shout out to Louisville again, man. I love Louisville right now. Man. <laughs> yeah, they are Let's a fun go. team. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, so we'll be back um, Wednesday, probably Thursday, one of those two days um, to bring you guys a preview for this weekend. I know we do have some games starting tomorrow. Uh, we got some Conference USA action between Louisiana Tech and Middle Tennessee. Uh, Liberty travels to Jacksonville State Woo! on ESPNU 730. 5-0 Liberty, 3-0 in Conference USA. Takes on 5-1 Jacksonville State, 3-0 in Conference USA. So that's going to be a good one. And then another good game as well, also at 7-30, between Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State. So we're getting some good college football on tomorrow night. Um, for you football fiends, um, I'll definitely be tuned in because I hate I just hate those Tuesdays, Wednesdays when there's really nothing on TV, nothing to do. So yeah, yeah. I'll definitely be tuned into one of these two games. Let's go Tuesday um, night, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Wednesday we get UTEP Florida international and then Sam Houston state versus New Mexico state. So some Is more this the start USA. of like a month straight with football yep. on every day, every single day. Yeah. Last, um, last Tuesday was the last day without football until January or 
like late December. I think we'll get football on every single day. So yeah. So yeah. So Tuesday and Wednesday we're getting some Conference USA, a little bit of Sun Belt. Um, like I said, we'll see you guys probably Wednesday night or Thursday to preview Friday, Saturday, and all the rest of those matchups. But Yo, um, that Liberty Jacksonville State is kind of big. I mean, Liberty's huge. undefeated, and Jacksonville State got one loss. Yeah, but but they're also undefeated in conference. So right, so, and it's in Alabama. So Jacksonville State's going to be home. Liberty's a six-point favorite on the road. Um, I like Jacksonville State. Check though. that out. I like Jacksonville State. I almost went. I to haven't Liberty, watched though. any of these teams, so, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um... That, that's some lore. I was almost a Liberty Flame. I almost committed. Uh, they were in my final. <laughs> they, they were in my final two. I took a visit. I took actually two visits. Uh, one official, one unofficial. Um, I sh- Didn't honestly, that school ban flip flops and tank tops? They might have, to be honest. <laughs> that's one of them. That's one of them Christian schools. It's actually right? the you biggest Christian school in the world. Um, yeah, you're not allowed to be wearing like tank tops and stuff outside yeah, over there. And flip flops. Um, I think. I think I might be wrong though. Beautiful campus. Um, I like the people. I like the area. Um, saw myself there, and I wonder what I would be like if I did wind up having went there. But um, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't wind up going to Liberty, but nice university, nice school, and it's been dope to see them be pretty good since coming to um, the FBS because they just joined the FBS. I would say three, four years ago, I would say. Yeah, maybe. like a few years ago. Yeah, and they've been pretty solid ever since they've joined. So, dope little football program. And then Coastal Carolina, App State, both not with the best records this year, but these are two programs that are consistently two of the best programs in the group of five. Um, and I expect to see talent all over the field on both sides of the ball when I tune into this game on Tuesday night as well. So, some good football to hold us over till the weekend. But, yeah, guys, make sure you you check us out uh, for our preview episode this week as we'll make all of our picks for these games. Um, Hour 50 we went today, man. A lot, a lot, a lot to go through. And I feel like this week wasn't even – it was a a good week, but it wasn't like a crazy-ass week. So uh, that just goes to show, man. As always, there's never a dull moment in college football. And we'll be here year in, year out to cover it all for you guys. Appreciate all the love. Make sure you follow us on our social media at pigskin live over on Twitter or X. Um, follow my personal Twitter as well at uh, swank soul saws and sneaker S zero L E. And then follow Steph. What's your at Steph on Twitter? Uh, Stiopa S P S T Y O P A S P Twitter and Instagram. Same sure. So follow me. I'm calling out all clowns every day. I ain't <laughs> dunking no smoke. I'm not scared of anybody. Man, I had to call out a clown today, but it wasn't even worth mentioning on here, man. It's a clown fiesta over on that app filled with clown oh, takes with people that I don't actually Especially watch. Especially when all. it comes to my ducks, man. So it, it <laughs> seems like there's a lot of clownery directed towards us for some reason. <laughs> Uh, but you know us. We you know we do a good job of calling people out, though. I gotta say, yeah, you do have a pretty the fandom. Solid the fandom is is yeah, yeah we so pretty solid. A lot of people know each other, and it's like when one person needs help, we all kind of kind of come to the rescue and, and and swarm them. So, listen, man, if you be a clown at your own risk, cause. You mess with the, you gonna mess with the, you know, the flock of ducks. That's how ducks fly, man. They yeah. fly, and they fly in the, the V. Ducks are soaring. The ducks are soaring. So yeah, careful. And now. we migrate, and we migrate. <laughs> so uh, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, make sure you guys also like, 
five-star rating, whatever it is on whatever platform you're listening to us, whether that be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, the Pigskin Live, you can search us on there to find us and all the rest of our episodes from the past few weeks and months since we've been doing this um, and all the ratings and likes just really help us get the show out to the algorithm as well and just help us grow and, and work towards monetization and ads and things of that nature that can just help us keep bringing this show to you so appreciate all the love and the support if you're listening this deep appreciate it even if you only listen for five seconds but um, until next time go gators we'll catch y'all peace